this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. to the show everybody you're listening to the confessionals i am your host tony merkel thank you for being here if you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show go ahead and shoot me an email my email address is the confessionals podcast at gmail.com that's the confessionals podcast at gmail.com or go to the website the confessionals podcast.com hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well either way works for me just get a hold of me now I had the chance to sit down with Timothy Renner, Wes Germer, and Dark Waters. This isn't a think tank, but we had a great conversation talking about a wide range of topics, anything from tornadoes being formed here in PA and how that's done, to Timothy Renner's bunny man that he's been covering on his show. We talked about 5G, we talked about EVPs coming through our show, and we even talked about censorship that we're dealing with being independent media people. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and before we get to it, I want to let you guys know we are going to be at Paracon at Penhurst Asylum, Spring City, Pennsylvania, on July 20th through the 21st. We have a vendor's table there. If you are interested in coming out, go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the live events section, and you can actually buy tickets right from the website. It can't get easier than that. I hope I see you there at Penhurst, July 20th through the 21st. Let's get to the show right now. Cool. What's up, DW? How are you, man? How are you, Tim? Doing good. I'm going to hit record, and I want this to be just kind of like a a just chill session talk about stuff. But uh, what are you being an Uber driver these days, (laughs) DW? No, I'm Uber driving my damn children around because my son wanted to go to the mall and hang out with some girls because he think he's cute. And yeah, you think you're cute, bro? Got me driving everywhere, (laughs) and so I had to go pick him up, come off and pick him up. And so, I'm sorry, guys, I was running behind. That's cool, man. It's cool. Uh, sorry, give me a chance to sober up. Thank you, DW. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody been? Everybody been doing good? Yeah, I I have one of those days. Listen, I so 
I wait to the last minute to go to work in the morning because that's just how I, I do it. <laughs> I do this. So uh, I start I start work at 9.30 in the morning these days. And at 8.30, my phone rings and I'm laying in bed. I'm sleeping still. And work calls me and I'm like, hello. And uh, my dispatcher on the other end, he, and he's like, Tony, did I just wake you up? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, are you gonna be able to make it to work on time by 9.30? I'm like, Yes. What do you want? <laughs> and he's like, well, I just want to let you know that you have two runs today. And the one is a fast track, which is you know time sensitive. And I just want to let you know. I'm like, okay, why are you calling to talk to me about work? That's not, that's the last thing I want to do. First thing when I wake that up. That shit starts at 930. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm laying in bed sleeping right now. You're messing up my pattern, bro. Like what is going on here? <laughs> So, yeah, my day got off to one of those darts, you know? Nah. Tim, are you still here? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, because I, I thought you... Yeah, Tim, Tim, Tim's give-a-shit level went to about zero at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was checking his pockets for it. He was tabbing his pants, like, let's see if I got any gives a fucks about this one. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> hey, Germer, you keep that up and stuff. I'm going to escort you out of here. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking, like, because you just told me earlier that you're you're a night person. I was trying to compute how that works. Yeah, man. Like I, I stay up till about two, three o'clock in the morning working on crap. And then uh, I go to bed and I sleep for about five hours. I get up around eight, eight thirty, usually eight thirty. And then I get together real quick, run out, run out the door by no later than nine oh eight. So I can punch in by nine thirty two because I get a five minute grace period. And I usually punch in at nine thirty two every day. Wow. You got it down to a science. Clockwork, man. Clockwork. (laughs) There's guys at work that they show up like a half hour, 45 minutes early and stuff, and they just sit around the break room talking. I'm like, nah, I'm good with that. (laughs) I'm good with that. So, yeah. Did you guys hear about... this guy who uh the the tornado guy i don't want to give too much away if you didn't if you didn't hear about this the guy who uh had his own little theory about tornadoes and how they're starting in pennsylvania from the roundabouts right yeah yeah you heard about that wes did you hear about this no i haven't heard listen i'm telling you right now this guy he has quite the theory on uh how these tornadoes are starting in um in Pennsylvania. I'll let you listen to it right, real quick. We didn't have tornadoes here until we started putting into traffic circles. Because on the count of you want to know why, that when people go round and round in circles, it causes disturbance in the atmosphere and causes tornadoes. <laughs> listen. Oh, shit. Listen. This guy is here in Pennsylvania. Uh, Wes, I don't want to hear you say one word about Pennsylvanians, but <laughs> this guy is here oh in play, and he, he, I guess this one news channel has like a call-in segment where you can call in and talk about the talking points of the day, and we've been having these tornadoes, and he calls in with that theory as to why the tornadoes are starting. I had a girlfriend who told me, in all seriousness, that wind was caused by trees moving their leaves <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that is not the same girlfriend by the way who told me that i would i would be allowed to drive her car to london if because i told her that the the london bridge went uh, no. across to england no i'm telling you the truth that's where and she i convinced her that the london bridge went to england and she said we could drive her car to the uk that'd be fine Wow. Now, Tim, you're not like hiding the truth here and it's not the girlfriend that you married, is it? It is no way. No, my wife is way smarter than me. So, okay. <laughs> I would have married her. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what, Wesley? You know, maybe you would have. So I think that that tornado guy was hilarious, but I, I wanted to kind of get some things out of the way real quick here. Uh, so I was getting emails a lot this week on the Hollow Earth show that I did. And I don't, I don't know if you guys heard. I know, Wes, you heard it. But uh, we went on for like two and a half hours. And I don't think it was like a paranormal type show. It was more talking about this you know, theory of Hollow Earth. And uh, I had a lot of people messaging me about how... Uh, they keep hearing these sounds come through the audio, and the it was a very common thing at the one timestamp. And then I had one other person mention about another time that I haven't had a chance to check out. But I wanted to play this audio for you guys to uh, let you guys hear it and stuff. I have an idea of what it is, and I don't think it's anything paranormal. But uh, take a listen. Maybe I'm wrong and stuff, and uh, you guys can be the judge on that. And then she goes back to Hawaii, right? And he's now being tormented by these alien forces. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. 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 So that that sound and stuff, I mean, to me, it doesn't sound paranormal, but people were saying it sounds like a growl. Does it sound like a growl to you at all? That's kind of what I got from it. Really? Yeah. No, it sounded like a car or something going by. Yeah, it sounded like a noisy car. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times when you do these shows, I get that all the time. I actually listen to my friend's show, like Tony Merkel's, I'm like, it's not two-way bridge, but... Uh, <laughs> I actually <laughs> a lot of times with the shows you'll yeah I've I've been people are like did you hear that in the background I'm like yeah it was nothing it was white noise it was uh, I've listened to the show already a million times before anyone else has by the time I put it together and so I've already heard it you know and sometimes you can take those sounds out sometimes you can't sometimes almost if you try and take them out it sounds worse than if you just leave them in. But it sounded just like white noise to me. Could have been a car going by. Could have been, um, you know, I don't think it was paranormal. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, so when I heard that, that the first thing I thought of was a uh, like one of the cars or like I, I, there was a lot of different background noise during that episode. And I tried taking most of it out and stuff. But like you said, there was some, some points you couldn't take it out because uh, I remember hearing sometimes there was fire hydrants going. There was a motorcycle that went up the road. And so I'm thinking that was probably like a motorcycle or something. It sounds like a motorcycle to me. But uh, I had a lot of people messaging me this week asking me about, you know, did I hear that? It sounded like a growl. It sounded like something came through the line. I mean, we've had that happen a couple of times in the show. I actually have a show that hasn't been released yet that that happened on um, something came through. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about it when that show goes out and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I just found it interesting that so many people hear these things and, uh, you know, they're not sure what it is. But I guess I take it for granted because, you know, I'm dealing with audio all the time. And so I get a sense of what's what. And I didn't even think about it when I put it in there. When I left it in there and stuff, it didn't even... It didn't even phase me, but then I was so surprised about how many people, you know, caught that and thought there was something, you know, maybe paranormal going through the line. Uh, Tim, did you? I ever- didn't necessarily think it was paranormal, but I thought the guy might have had a dog sitting next to him or something. You know, what I mean, that's when I said growl. That's kind of what I thought. Like, did he have his dog just sitting there and his dog went, you know, or something? Nope. You said paranormal. Play it back. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. Tim, did you ever have anything like that happen on your show? Yeah, I've gotten some pretty uh, weird stuff. Um, and usually it's the listeners who catch it. Usually I don't catch it. And I do, I, I do a ton of editing, so I don't know why, but uh, they'll say, you know, and they'll give me a timestamp. And sometimes I think it's just background noise. Sometimes it's, you know, I don't know what it is. You know, they, you know, they're saying EVPs, but I don't know if that's what they are or what, but there's been definitely, 
you know, a lot of times I think it's, it is, it's just kind of ambient noise or whatever, but, uh, there's been a couple of times where we've gotten some stuff was like, okay, that's weird. Like, like, uh, one of them, uh, whispered a guest name. We had all walked away from the mics, uh, to take a break. It's a really long show. And, uh, in that break, you can hear like something whispers the guest name and they swear, like it wasn't me. And they swear both of them were out like on a smoke break. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I've had a couple of times of stuff, but I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I just, I'm always surprised that it even happens and stuff, but when it does, it kind of catches me off guard and just like, uh, actually just a few weeks ago, I had a show where that happened and you hear me like, I was just like, um, did you hear that? <laughs> and the guest was like, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> and so it's, it's interesting, but, uh, Tim, I wanted to talk to you real quick about, uh, your show because, uh, you came out with an interesting show this past week. I think you called it, uh, the bunny man or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, bizarre man <laughs> well talk to me about it like i mean obviously i've never heard you know of so many people having these encounters but i've seen like the pictures and stuff online of the creepy guy in a costume and stuff but uh some of the things that you guys were talking about especially i think it was aaron that you interviewed that had this experience and stuff it started actually started telling the story more it really started sounding more like uh, an abduction scenario that these bunny figures are popping up as like scream memories right yeah, that's that's what I'm getting from hers. You know, who could say for sure? But the, the, we had a previous guest, I think like two episodes earlier, the show called Encounters with the Other. And she just kind of mentioned offhandedly, like she looked out the window with a little girl, saw UFOs in her yard and saw a guy dressed in an Easter Bunny costume holding a cigar walk up to her window. And she's, you know, this is her memory. You know, she's not joking around or goofing. She's like, no, this is like legit. Remember this? So I was like, well, that's weird. And of course, as these things happen, as soon as you talk about it, then you get the flood of emails of other people like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. And uh, and that's what happened. And it's they're still coming in. I mean, I got one, you know, just earlier, right before we started talking, I was an email came in. Somebody said they saw one. Um, yeah, it appears to be. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they're just dudes in costumes at least that's what they appear like they're like in easter bunny costumes but uh in many cases they seem to be associated with ufo phenomenon which is really creepy and kids because it's almost like whatever it is it's trying to appear in a nice form or something that kids would be okay with or would calm kids or something it's very very creepy uh you know a lot of people on our facebook group started sharing like pictures of you know horror bunnies with fangs and blood all over them and stuff and to me it's like that that's not even half as creepy as what people are talking about because what they're talking about is something that's trying to appeal to kids and trying to look innocent and failing yeah and that's one of the things that caught me off guard not off guard but it really perked my ears up because uh when i heard her talking about you know the connection it hit me because i, I think it was episode 70 something on my show i had ryan on and uh, he, I think it was Ryan, but anyways, uh, the guy came on and he started talking about his lost time along with his abductions and stuff. And when he was a kid, when to start the show off, he was talking about how his, his toy action figure, uh, like appeared on his bed and was standing there looking at him. But I think he said it was actually bigger than it was supposed to be like his normal size action figure, but it was actually maybe like a foot or two taller and it was standing there. And I remember him talking about how he felt like it was some kind of screen memory. And that seemed to kick off his parent or not his paranormal, but his alien abductions that he went through and, and experiencing the lost time. And I was just like, 
Wow. Like I, I, the parallels of Aaron's story and this guy's story on my show were very similar. Even when she said about how she heard she would hear the footsteps going in between the rooms, like mm-hmm. that, that gave me chills because he talked about that too, where the one time he was, I think he was making a sandwich or something in the kitchen. And all of a sudden he just got really, really tired where he couldn't even make it to his bedroom. He just collapsed on his mom's couch in her office. And this abduction scenario started happening again, only he felt like they didn't know where he was. Like It was like they were looking for him in his bedroom and he wasn't there and they were running up and down the hallway and he could see these little heads bopping up and down, I guess, through the, the, the door or something like that. But he heard the little tiny footsteps going up and down the hallway and then he heard them leave the house. I think he said he heard the door slam behind and they were gone. And so I was just oh. like, wow, they like, just sent me chiver- the, the shivers because I was thinking that sounds a lot like what she was just describing. Yeah, that's the thing with all these cases. That's when I like when you start checking boxes. And I often say, you know, people say, well, that sounded too crazy. I'm like, well, it's almost when they get like the crazier they get. And I'm not saying like, you know, I don't know. It's it's like it's really hard to explain because it's there's they check similar boxes, but they're not the same story, I guess. And you start saying, okay, well, this sounds a lot like this what this other person said, but it's not the same. So they obviously didn't just listen to that other person's account. And, and tell the same story or a variant thereof. Yeah. After a while, you start getting all these different stories coming in that are around a certain topic and they're all individual stories. And it's just crazy. I mean, uh, I think it was uh, Monsters Among Us did a show recently on the Mirrored Man. And uh, <laughs> the, the, that whole scenario is very similar to... I, it made me really think about your show with the Bunny Man because it's like once one story goes off, then everybody starts emailing you saying, yeah, I've seen that too. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah, it happened with, with us. And, and, and we didn't invent this. It's just we'd start talking about it more than other people. The Flannel Man thing, it happened with that. And I can already tell this Bunny Man thing is going to have legs like that too. It's like, wow, like I didn't know, you know, <laughs> talking about these things once or twice and it just it just goes off. By the way, uh, we're supposed to do a, a Flannel Man versus uh, Mirrored Man uh, deathmatch show between uh, Strange Familiars and Monsters <laughs> Among Us. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. So I think we're going to talk about a little bit about this 5G thing. Now, uh, I don't know if Tim and Dark Water saw what Wes posted on Facebook. I think it was Facebook yesterday, right, Wes? What? <laughs> are, are you alive bro are you good <laughs> I'm just yeah i posted yesterday that's what i thought no Wes, next question <laughs> listen you can go oh back, my god wes you can go back to sleep all right because <laughs> i want to play this audio stuff because i thought it was really really interesting because i hear a lot of people talking about 5g coming and how it's bad and i hear people talking about it in interviews they have guests on talking about 5g and from what i've ever heard uh, it's people talking about 5G that really don't have firsthand knowledge of what 5G is all about. They are just regurgitating what they read online and formulating their their uh, opinion and thoughts on you know what they think this could be and all that stuff. This guy actually is gonna is being trained to install the 5G, and what he has to say about it is chilling. So. Just sit back and listen to this. It's about seven minutes long, but I think it's absolutely worth listening to. So the question of the day, Ian, what do you think about 5G? For those of you that don't know, I'm a tower climber. 
I climb cell phone towers and install the cellular equipment that allows you to keep scrolling. And I'm currently in 5G training. And uh, I was already concerned about this technology before getting in there and actually learning some of the science about it. So let me give you some of the science about it. The radio frequency that our towers currently emit is non-ionizing radiation with a long footprint over the ground. So it's able to dissipate and spread out. It's currently being broadcast anywhere from like 1.5 to 2.5, 2.8 megahertz. Right. Up close, if you if you if you take radio frequency close, it superheats the water molecules in your brain, eyes, and testicles. Right. So that it's a very real thing. You could render yourself sterile or with a splitting headache for days, or a you know, I cooked the top of my skull and left me useless for the rest of the day. And that's a short range at a relatively low power. The way 5G is going to work is it is going to broadcast one in gigahertz, not megahertz. We're talking about 30 plus gigahertz they're estimating, which means 15,000 times stronger than what we're pushing out right now. And it's going to actually go... At a much, much steeper peak, it's going to almost be broadcast straight at the ground to hit more receivers that are gonna, then going to transmit it outwards. Right. The plan is to install these small cells on the billboards and street lights, sides of buildings, in the corner of your office building or in the hallway of your apartment complex so that they can get lightning fast speeds. Well, here's the thing. The RF that we've been broadcasting isn't really damaging to you, though they can't tell the long-term effects. But because it dissipates over distance and it's not a concentrated thing, the, the radio frequency we're broadcasting now has a really long wave trough. All right. So even if you're getting hit with it, you're not absorbing a lot. That's why I, if I take it close range, I eat it, but you don't feel it down off the tower. It's not going to be that way with 5G. It's going to be in the corner of your office. They're talking about putting a 38-band MIMO antenna in the back of every car so they can talk to each other and self-drive. Now, the 5G, its waveform is much tighter, where 4G, 3G, and 2G have fairly long wave troughs so that we can reach distances and have a greater footprint coming off the tower. It's not necessarily 5G. It's going, to be, it's going to be broadcasting what's called a millimeter wave, which is much more tightly focused with much closer wave troughs. So when it does hit, you just get blasted. And it's not miles away, hundreds of feet up on a tower anymore. It's in the corner of your office. Which means that this millimeter wave is going to be able to directly affect the cellular membranes, the bonds that hold your cells together. It's going to be in your face. It's going to be behind the back seat where your car seats are. 
mean, not to mention what it's going to do to your brain and your eyes and your testicles or ovaries just from the superheating that radio frequency will do at a close range. But because it is so powerful, so compact and tightly beamed, it is literally going to be able to break down the bonds that hold your cells together. And that's how you get tumors. The rub of it is, America, that you're not going to know what I did to you for another 15, 20 years. And by then it's going to be too fucking late. It already is. They've got trillions tied up in this 5G push. People are screaming for faster phones. Everybody wants to be able to scroll at the speed of light. There's no stopping it. What am I going to do, right? This is my job. You know, hey, I got t- kids to take care of. I got my own chemo treatments 30 years from now that I'm going to have to deal with. So, yeah, I'm going to install it. But America, I'll tell you what, I feel like I'm fixing to pull your feelings out for the gold before I put you in a gas chamber. America doesn't care. They want faster phones. You'll carry eventually and it'll be too late. But God bless you. God bless America. I wish you the best. Feel free to name your tumor after me. I'm real sorry about what it's fixing to do to the babies. Little fetuses that are developing in utero, surrounded by water. The consequences to the next generation are untold. I'm not even talking about what we're fixing to do to our own vision, our own reproductive organs, our own cognitive abilities. I'm not talking about the breakdown of our cellular bonds that are going to lead to tumor growth. I'm talking about what it's going to do to the little baby brains and eyes that are trying to develop in the womb. What we're fixing to do to toddlers and infants that are born that are still developing, man. So the question of the day is, Ian, what do you think about 5G? I'm frightened. And saddened. Because I'm going to install this. I'm going to install it everywhere. And you are all going to feel the effects of what I've done to you. So what do you think about that? Uh, Wes, you posted that online and stuff, and my jaw dropped when I listened to that. And I I was like, here's somebody who's actually training to install this 5G. And he's basically spilling the beans as actually what it's going to do to me, you guys, our kids, future generations. And it's it's scary. Allow me to interject for a moment here, if you guys don't mind. Um, So... I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but I graduated with a degree in electrical engineering, a minor in physics, right, from Southern University. I ended up going, my first job was working for Ericsson Telecommunications in Plano, Texas. My first assignment was um, indoor wireless designs. This was before businesses had the ability to kind of just get a wireless router like everybody has at home. But this was when you had to go in and like to like Raytheon and, um, and different major corporations and design wireless coverage for their, their indoor wireless network. Right. 
<clears throat> when I went through my training back in 2000, 2001, 2000, whatever year it was, 2000, 2001, for installed designing and installing the wireless networks. A guy came over from Sweden and uh, literally he and I were the only two people that worked on the program. And the first thing he told me was, he said, well, James, you know, there's a couple of things you need to know about wireless networks and working with wireless. He's like, this piece of equipment, you're going to put it on a tripod. You're going to raise it up to 20 feet in there. You're going to take this laptop. You're going to walk around. You're going to see how far the signal goes. Then from there, you're going to know where you're going to actually put the transmitters up on the ceiling in order for them to have wireless coverage. He said, now, this transmitter, under no circumstances, is it supposed to be on and near you for any more than five minutes. He says, once you turn it on, put the tripod up and get the hell away from it. And at first, I was like, well, why? He said, because it has the ability to cause cancer. And this is 2000, right? Um, from there... I get off of that project and I start designing actual cell towers for cities. I designed the cell towers that went to Mobile, Alabama, uh, Boca Raton, Florida, um, Phoenix, Arizona, um, the south side of Chicago, and a couple other locations, right? When you are designing a cellular network, meaning where the towers go, there's a manual that you get, and it talks about where they could, should go, and where they shouldn't go. Back then, one of the places that they absolutely didn't want the cell towers to be designed to go on were schools and churches, right? And so I'm in a training class, and I'm talking. I'm like, well, why don't we want these on schools and churches? And it's kind of hush-hush, but one of the guys from Sweden again says, well, because of the concerns of the radiation. Fast forward to just this year or late last year, a story hit the news about a school where there was a cell tower on the school. And this is not a 5G tower. This is a 4G tower. It's on a school. And seven or eight of the kids got diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and I think that tower had been there for a year or two. And all those kids got diagnosed with cancer. Parents were trying to figure out what it was. It turns out it was a cell phone tower. So when this guy, excuse me, is talking about going from 4G to 5G. And what he was saying is that the 5G towers, which is your typical cell phone tower, is going to transmit to these smaller relays, which will be on the street posts, the signs, and your office. So it pretty much everywhere you go, you're going to be immersed in this radiation. I mean, not only is it true, it's furthermore, it's extremely dangerous. And what really bothers me about this is people know this. They've already done the studies. They know that 5G has caused cancer in lab rats. Um, so they know these things. And the one thing that throws me off about what says is that Americans don't care. It's not that Americans don't care. We love our children. We love our families. It's just that people are uninformed. And that's a conscious decision being made to not inform people. Nobody told people back when I was designing, they barely told me when I was designing cell phone towers about the radiation and the cancer. I remember having a Nokia flip phone. On my job, you got a phone and you had like uh, 5,000 minutes per month, right? Very, very early flip phone. I started to realize that that phone was a problem because I would talk on it and literally the whole side of my head would get hot. Like my brain inside my skull was getting hot. And so I stopped using the phone because I just felt weird and funny. Fast forward to the day, anybody who uses a cell phone now, you know that you, you seem to get mesmerized by the cell phone. Even now, like people, you find people just scrolling and flicking through the phone and distracted and all the rest of the stuff. 
there are so many things going on with these frequencies that people know and understand how the human brain and the human body works that is just completely and totally ridiculous. And I 100% agree with that man about the signature waves of the signals and how what he's saying is it's going to alter your DNA. And that's what ends up causing cancers. It goes a little bit further than that. Not only is it going to alter your DNA, but it's going to completely break down your DNA strands. What I don't understand is why someone, well, I do understand because it's depopulation, but I, I just don't, I just, I can't fathom someone being evil enough or why someone would be evil enough to put something like that in place. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing that bothers me when we get on these topics. And by the way, I'm so glad, Wes, that you addressed this. Because one of the things that I think that people with huge audiences need to do is really address these topics, things that are way ahead of time. Because 30 years from now, there are going to be a lot of people with cancer. And just discussing it is going to save people's lives now. Even if it's, hey, man, make sure you got some good health insurance. You know what I'm saying? And, and we're just not, it's just not a part of the discussion right now. It really needs to be a huge part of the discussion that's going on. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with you. I, them withholding that information and stuff and not informing the public, uh, I think, I don't know why they would do it. Like you said about the depopulation and stuff, uh, you got all these different levels of this. I don't know how you guys feel and stuff, but I think that there's definitely, uh, for lack of better terms, a, a shadow type government where there are people that are in elite spots that operate within the shadows that are pulling the strings. And I think that this this is just one piece of the puzzle as to uh, many things that they're doing to formulate uh, the future and future narratives as to how we see history. Uh, what do you guys think, man? Um, I, I mean... I don't have any problem with what he said, Techn you know, on the technology side, I'm going to trust DW and, and, and him. Cause I don't know that much about it. Um, so I'll definitely trust you. But that guy in particular, I do have a problem with him because he's doing the Nazi thing. I'm just following orders. N no, you don't put up the towers then, man, you have a choice. Well, it's my job. Well, don't, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> like I kind of have like he's apologizing for doing it and then he's going to go ahead and do it. Well, quit your job. If you're going to kill babies, like don't do that. <laughs> you have a choice yeah. in an individual not, you know, not to do that. But that's, you know, that's a separate topic, really. Uh, but uh, it's you not, know, though. Hey, Tim, it's not, though, that I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. I was when I was listening to that yesterday, I was thinking the exact the exact same thing, because if my job told me that starting tomorrow, I was going to have to, as part of my daily routine, before I get to my first delivery, run over somebody, I'd quit my job. I wouldn't do it. And right. here's somebody who feels like he's... It sounded like he was morally convicted about what he had to do with this 5G stuff, yet he decided that he's still going to do it. And he said you know, that he has children and he has to provide for. But... It's not like you're living in a country where there are no other jobs. You can, like, this is on the level of it's worth quitting your job over. There's a moral obliga obligation there. I mean, he's putting the word out there, which is a good thing. But to then turn around and go do it, it it's exactly what she said. He's doing the Nazi thing. At first, when you said that, I was thinking, wait, do you know something about this guy that I don't? Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like no, no, Nazi? but it was... You know, it's like the, 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 uh, I was just following orders. Well, that, that, that only holds up to a point, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Wes, what are your thoughts on the whole thing, man? I think I'd like to hear other people's opinions, uh, beyond this guy. I mean, you can't take one donkey's word for it. You got to kind of hear everyone's word for it. And, you know, he's not a lot of fun to listen to. 
He's like, uh, my name's Ethan. God bless America. And I'm going to rape your children. Sorry, everyone. Everyone's dead of cancer. And you're like, really? Okay, guys. Thanks for the message. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I'd like to hear other people's opinion on it. I mean, the RF wave he's talking about, yes, it can break down your DNA. Yes, it can cause cancer. But there has to be a lot of energy behind an RF wave for that to do it. I really see talking about the, the longer waves with 3G, 4G, and it's more of a tighter, compact um, directional flow of the RF wave. But having said that, is that really going to cause cancer? Uh, sorry, that was my phone rookie mistake. And uh, but what I'm saying is there. That's <laughs> from God. Uh, but that what I'm saying is there has to be a lot of energy behind an RF wave for it to actually break down your DNA at a cellular level to cause cancer. I mean, you're talking a lot of energy, and I don't know that a 5G would actually get that off. I don't know though. Uh, you're talking to a guy who talks about Bigfoot. And prior to this, I stacked lumber and threw people, bad men, out of clubs. So that's kind of my resume. I don't know if I'm really qualified to speak on 5G. But I'm, what I would say is maybe hear other people's opinion on 5G besides this guy. Because there's a lot of doomsday uh, message in his, in, in his video. And that always concerns me a little bit when they start to oversell the doomsday thing. You know, just tell us the facts. And and let us make up our own mind. So I guess my opinion would be to hear other people's, you know, experts on on this technology, and and what damages, what real damages are we looking at, and what, uh, you know what I mean? No, I absolutely know what you mean. Uh, and that's one of the things that you would have to do is get the experts because if you're just going to say, okay, well, get other opinions, and let so let me you know turn to my trusty news you know, media here uh, to give me the, the, you know, the scoop on 5G. You can't because the mainstream media isn't going to tell you the truth either. They're only going to tell you what they're allowed to tell you because we're facing a real censorship censorship issue in this country, uh, globally, really, that we're really fighting against right now. And this all encompasses it because uh, it's what are they allowing us to find out? What are they allowing us to know? And this the whole censorship topic is something that has been affecting my show personally, and it's been affecting countless of other people's YouTube to just announced what last week that they were going to take down uh, tons of they're going to delete tons of channels. And they're putting it underneath the category of harmful material. But some of that harmful material is these conspiracy type videos that are exploring other uh, lines of thought as to what is going on in the world. And they referenced uh, people saying that 9-11 didn't happen. Now, I have a real problem with that kind of stuff. Because it's literally this big tech company uh, companies that are deciding what we can and cannot handle. It's basically them saying, you guys that are consuming this content aren't smart enough to, to make your own mind up and make your own decision, and we're going to do it for you. It's also them saying, we're going to formulate your thoughts and opinions. It's real 1948 or 1984, you know, with George Orwell. You know, the, the craziest thing about this whole scenario, and let me just rewind and come right back real quick. So two things, the censorship ties into a number of things. It's all about controlling narratives prior to the event of, I mean, the invention of social media narratives were easily able to be controlled by certain media outlets, right? 
because there was no other voices. So now you have other voices that can actually have counter narratives. And that's what it really boils down to. Um, you can't control a population when there's more than one narrative because people have to get their information from somewhere. Um, one of the things that I want to reference back when we start talking about just real quickly on the 5G and the understanding of why it's important, even though that guy was real dramatic, the research is there for everybody to go look at. But also, we have to keep in mind that this is not the first time that something has been hidden from us. So it just came out about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that Pfizer has long had pretty much a cure for Alzheimer's, but they put it on the shelf. Prior to that, there was there's been people who... Um, who've been getting healed of cancer in the past 12 months since the president did the right to try deal where um, if you were on your deathbed, you can try different medicines. So there have been cures for diseases that have been there for years that people haven't had access to that we haven't been told about. And the reason why that's been able to be kept on the wraps is because there was only one um, one group of people that controlled the narrative. So when we see the censorship now, what it is, is a battle of new media against old media. And old media is saying, look, you guys are killing us, you're kicking our butt, and we can't take it because now we can't control the narrative. And what bothers me about this is when they started, when Sundar Pichai went to Congress and started talking about conspiracy theories, you know, all it started off with Alex Jones, and then it moved to Steven Crowder. And moved, but when they started opening up the and a conspiracy theory, it's so broad um, because the term conspiracy theory itself is a CIA term that they created, but it's so broad to where you can put anything under that. So Bigfoot, of course, is a conspiracy theory. Dogman, a conspiracy theory. All the way up until they started disclosing UFOs on television recently, UFOs were what? A, dis a conspiracy theory. So now what is given um, these social media companies is called Blanche just to ban and get rid of whatever they want and whoever they want. And that's the thing that really bothers me. Um, and unfortunately, the audiences don't understand it because they're just consuming content and it hasn't really trickled down to where everybody's favorite show is gone now. So like if uh, uh, if a Steven Crowder's band, OK, that's cool, you know, because some people like them, some people don't. But when it starts to hit like it's going to hit, then everybody's going to understand, but it's going to be way too late to do anything yeah. about it. So. That's the thing that really bothers me. And I, I had a conversation with someone on Facebook because I posted about um, channels being banned and I wanted people to sign up to my email list. And the guy told me, he said, well, Doug Waters, you know, these are private companies and they have the right to decide whatever they want to decide. And I just told him, I said, listen, so AT&T is a private company, right? The, you got a home cell, you got a home phone or Verizon or Metro, PCS. They're private corporations, right? And he's like, yeah. I said, so... Let's say all of a sudden Metro PCS, Sprint, and Verizon all said, hey, we don't like the, what you talk about on the phone, so you can't use a cell phone anymore. How would you feel about it? Well, do you still feel like it's a private company? And what happens when your power company doesn't like what you're doing? And so now your power is being turned off. All these are private corporations, but at some point in time, there has to be a line drawn in the sand to where there's rules and regulations of how they can deal with the public and how they can't deal with it. And that's where we have to get to, because if not, it's going to keep on spreading. And as you guys have seen, there's been people who've been deplatformed and then they were debanked, you know, um, or unbanked is the word for it. So PayPal stopped working with them. Chase Bank stopped taking their money. And when you start moving from into the financial arena, now we're getting into, you know, 
biblical times of revelation where you can't buy and can't sell. And I think that that's what I see coming down the pipeline. That's what really, really worries me. Yeah. I, sorry, I ripped the bandaid off again. <laughs> it's fine. I, and that's one of the things that I kind of regret because when the whole Alex Jones things ha- thing happened now, I, I don't listen to Alex Jones. Uh, I mean, I'll watch a video sometimes and stuff, but uh, he's not like a go-to guy for me. And I saw what was happening and I didn't say anything. And I was like, well, it's, it's not affecting me. And that's the wrong attitude to have. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in myself because uh, here I am, however months later and stuff, and I feel like it is starting to affect me. Uh, iTunes is doing something funny behind the scenes with podcasts that, of our type of show and stuff. And it's now coming to the, the front where it's like, oh, it's starting to affect me. And now it's like you said, Dark Waters. It's it's too late. It, this was a coordinated attack against Alex Jones. This was, if you want to talk about conspiracies, in one day he was deplatformed across many big tech companies. These are companies that are separate individual companies that work together to actually coordinate attack on Alex Jones. And what happened is we let it go. When you let something like that go with a big fish like Alex Jones, we are nothing. We're nothing. They can do whatever they want. I, I saw with my, my show, I just released the, uh, the David Icke um, interview. And, you know, David Icke in the conspiracy world is, you know, like a big fish. Like he's like the godfather. And that was one of my worst. Yeah, he is the godfather. That was one of my worst downloaded shows I've had over the last year or so. I mean, it's that bad. I was like, what's going on here? And then I started thinking about the idea of how my show was, you know, kind of, I don't know how to describe this. Wes, you and I were talking about this and it's like our shows were consistently in like the top 20 of our category on iTunes. And then like overnight, it just dropped off to the outside of the top 200. And it's been like that for a long time. And I haven't said anything, but it's getting to a point now I'm thinking, are they, did they change an algorithm? Did they make an algorithm change that actually excludes our type of content? I don't know. But uh, Tim, Wes, I know Wes, you've, you know, you and I talked about it and stuff, but Wes, uh, Tim, did you notice any changes with your show at all? Oh, yeah. Same thing happened. Same day. You can look at the, uh, the, the chart for all of us. It happens on like overnight for all of us. We fall off a shelf. Um, I'm in a different category than you guys. I chose, I think, philosophy and you guys chose another category. Oh, wow. I forget. It's the, uh, but uh, in my category, I was getting up there. I mean, I was, you know, always top 50. I was, I got as high as number seven one time. And, uh, now I'm in the hundreds, two hundreds, whatever it is. It, and it happened overnight. You, you can look at the graph, you can make a graph out of it. And we all follow the same pattern. And my other friends who do like paranormal podcasts as well, same pattern for them. And we just like, we fall off a cliff overnight and you know, my downloads are pretty consistent. Um, they don't seem to have been affected. So what happened now? My theory is um, I have a friend who works for a major terrestrial radio company and they have a podcast division. And he said uh, this quarter for the first time in history, their podcast division brought in more money than the terrestrial radio division. So if you notice on your podcatcher, and this is something I noticed on mine, I stopped getting recommended independent podcasts and started getting recommended things that were made by iHeartRadio and Funny or Die mm-hmm. and all these all these big media companies. That's what I get recommended. That's what's on the front front page of the podcatcher all of a sudden. Now, it seemed like to me it happened around the same time. I don't know. 
My theory is, and it's just a theory, I don't know. My theory is it looks really bad for a little show made by a guy in his home, like Strange Familiars, to be number seven and to have shows produced by our heart media to be like behind that, whether it's 50 or 200 or whatever. So I wonder if there's not a pay to play element that came into this. Uh, yeah, I used to work in the music business and everything's pay to play there. They pretend it's not, but it absolutely is. If you go into a record store, you see the cds on the end cap they have paid to be there even if it's joe's record barn in you know albuquerque new mexico or wherever some little teeny local record shop i used to think oh it's what the employees like it is not they are paid to be there everything that you see is paid paid placement in the music business and i think it's come home to roost in podcasts that this is the way business is done with big media i think they rolled in with money again just my theory i don't know but it feels like the same thing that was happening in the music business. It, I think they rolled in with money and said, oh, that doesn't look good to have those little podcasts up there near the top. Let's uh, let's do something about that. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that kind of falls in line with the, the idea and theory that I had, because from what I understand, I forget who told me this, but somebody had told me because I, was, I wasn't sure how the iTunes thing was working uh, as far as how do they rank shows. And somebody had told me that they do it based on, you know, so people, new subscribers. So if you have a lot of new subscribers coming into your show, your show is higher in the charts. And so if they're not recommending your show and they're recommending iHeartRadio type stuff and all that, your subscribers are going to go, your, the amount of people subscribing to your show is going to drop a little bit or maybe a lot because they're not recommending your show. And therefore, exactly. you're going to drop outside the top 200, which is a win-win. It's all about the algorithm. You know, We're going to promote these shows, then their shows aren't going to get the subscribers because they're not getting pushed up. And then they're just going to drop off because I noticed that the amount of downloads I get off of iTunes hasn't changed, but the charts did. And I think it's because uh, I have a lot of people who are subscribed on iTunes, but I don't think my show is being exposed on iTunes like it was at one time. So it's just staying neutral. Exactly. That's that's the thing. And I've noticed, you know, I don't know if your subscriber growth has changed in any way. Um, mine kind of plateaued around the same time. Yeah. Wes, you got anything? No, I just know it's the same thing you guys are talking about. I mean, it happened overnight with, as you were saying earlier, Tony, I mean, we were in the top 20. We used to fight for spots, and now we're like 230. And it's only with iTunes, and I don't know what games they're playing, but um, I noticed with like Stitcher, I'm still in the top 10. My stats haven't changed one bit. And the amount of people listening hasn't changed. It's just for whatever reason they have us down the list. I think Tim nailed it. To be honest with you, well, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's some Gubermint experiment or Gubermint coming after everyone. You know what I mean? I don't think it's that. Um, I think Tim nailed it. I, I think I, Big I think is, has looked at us and they they said uh, we can make money at podcasts. They realize that you know, and then they they uh, you know they've come. They've they, come. They're here. They're here. And I think it's a little bit more than that to it. I think what happened is, I think what ended up happening is guys like you who've had podcasts, you get out there and you completely kick these other companies behind, right? Um, and what ends up happening is they couldn't compete. So they all, so several big tech companies got together and made an agreement that they were going to start promoting what they called um, uh, not approved content, but but uh, trusted content is the word they were using. And so when you start talking about trusted content, they're talking about corporations, 
like iHeartMedia and CNN and Fox News and all those different people. And what it does is it does funnel cash into those companies to keep them afloat because all those media organizations were dying because of the competition from guys like us. So in order to prop them up, they had to do that. Now, the problem is, although they propped them up, and they're going to run subscribers to them. They're going to do what they've continued to always do, which is lie to people, not give them information. And eventually the people are going to seek us out again and they're going to die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're already dying. They're going to, you know, this is kind of the death throes of mainstream media and mainstream media platforms because they won't give people the truth and people want the truth. I hope you're right. Cause I, I, uh, I felt like we were growing. I felt like I, my show was growing and I'd like to keep that up. Yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, uh, I think that there's a lot going on here with um, this whole new era that we live in, the tech era. And Tim, remind me to th- listen, I'll just say it now. Uh, you can still grow your show. And, and there's not one company out there that can hold you down. It's just how much are you willing to work for it? Because it takes a lot of grunt work to grow the show especially if these podcast providers like iTunes or YouTube or whatever are going to try to actively suppress your content you have to go right to the listeners then and i sure. and we'll, and I'll, i could go on and on about that but i i've spent hours upon hours a night working on going straight to the listeners and find and you just got to reverse engineer how people are hearing you and so but going back to what i was going to say here it's we got this whole new era of technology and it provides uh, a, a, a new problem. Okay. And, and Dark Wires, you talked about this a little bit earlier. The mainstream media was top dog for a long time. And the mainstream media is propagandized. Okay. It is absolutely propagandized mm-hmm. because uh, back in 2012, there was the NDAA that was kind of, um, let's just say, adjusted. And part of that adjustment was to legalize the use of propaganda on the American public. This is fact. You can look Absolutely. it up. It, it, it was proposed yep. by uh, Mac Thornberry, a Republican out of Texas, and Adam Smith, a Democrat out of Washington. And this actually happened, it, and it basically nullified the Smith-Munt Act, which was founded in 1948, which I think is ironic because the book uh, 1984 was written in 1948, and it talks about this exact stuff. But it is quite legal to propagandize. And when you have the government arm extending into the media now to propagandize things, they're not the problem. But now they have this new problem of social media. And all the independent voices that are out there that are rivaling the mainstream media, it's a new problem. Do you know what they did uh, at the Bilderberger meeting this past year? They started talking about weaponizing social media. When I first heard about that, I'm like, how can you weaponize social media? By doing this exact thing, by going into social media, going into Twitter and having Twitter ban certain accounts, have YouTube ban certain accounts, have Alex Jones types kicked off the platforms. That's how they're weaponizing social media because if they can get these people, us, off of social media, now they can propagandize social media as well. And they're, they're basically choosing what you can hear as an audience, what you can listen to, who you're, who, who you're going to get your opinions and thoughts from. They are controlling people's minds by, by controlling what they hear. And I was talking to a guy, I think it was probably on Facebook or something. I posted about this probably last year sometime. And he's, he basically told me that 
it's that he knows it's propaganda. He knows they're brainwashing him, but there's nothing he can do about it. So he's not going to do anything about it or something like that. Like he was basically saying, Hey, I know they're doing it, but what else, what other options do I have? I'm like, turn it off, turn off the mainstream media. And he's like, well, I can't do that. I'm like, okay. But it's just a a 100% proof of how brainwashed people are and how people are addicted to the next fix that the social media is giving them. And that nobody wants to think on their own. They want somebody else to give it to them. And when independent people like us are out here giving alternate views and alternate opinions on things, it presents a real problem because what we're... Not, I'm not saying every time and all the time, but what we're doing is we're, we're giving you a new scenario to think on, something else to a new... Not everything's black and white. There's a lot of gray and we're, we're giving you the gray in life and they don't want that because the truth lies within that. And they don't want that. They want you to con- they want to control you. They want Republican and Democrat fighting against each other. They want black and white fighting against each other. That's what they want. I'm sorry, I'm ranting. I, I don't even know. I don't even nah, know. you're right though. Um, and to, I think it was 2000, late 2012, early 2013, what they did was they unleashed CIA tactics that were used abroad on the American people. And you've seen it. Remember, if you go back and look at uh, look at the riots in Ferguson, look at uh, the stuff that happens with and how it's played out in the media. Look at the Jesse Smollett case and see how it's played out in the media. You can almost see, well, not almost, you can see the narratives and how they're created and what they're intended to do. And you now you can see the results on the streets where people are at each other's throats um, black against white, white against black, black against Asian, white against Asian. It's this, it's dissension all over the place. And while people are distracted with all the racial issues and all the tension, then there's other things being done legislatively that just drive this nation closer and closer to hell. I'm not going to get into all that because I don't want to crack, crack open those doors, but there's some very bad things going on while people are distracted with all this propaganda and, uh, and people are missing the boat. So it's, it, it's so dangerous um, that I worry about it all the time. I really, really do. It, it's, it's just that dangerous right now. Because once you're able to, to shift people's opinion into a direction that's not good for the country and not good for themselves and not good for the neighbors and not good for the families, then you got a serious problem. Because once there's fighting in the street and blood in the street, which we've already seen, Things are going to end up really, really bad in this country. They can get out of hand real quick. It's like people will say, well, why would they do that? Well, that's the the exact... Maybe the people don't ask that question, but that's the exact question you need to ask. Why? Why would they do that? What would benefit them if they controlled the media? I think there's a lot of obvious answers that go along with that. But if they're suppressing you now, if if they're... starting to filter and funnel information in certain directions now that are coming through social media and uh, shows like ours or, you know, let's just say Alex Jones or whatever. They're doing it for a reason. And I fear that there might be something coming down the pike that they're planning for. And that's why they're talking about at the Bilderberg meeting, weaponizing social media. And why when they start talking about that, a week, I think it was like a week or two later, YouTube comes out and says they're deleting all these channels. Twitter yesterday deleted 5,000 accounts. Like they're doing something now to prepare the way for something coming down the, down the pike. Maybe it's something individually big, 
But also maybe this is the big thing. Maybe what we're living right now is the big thing. The censorship right now that they're, they're starting to do is the big thing because then once they have it all filtered out and censored across all platforms, then they can do whatever they want. They can do whatever, whatever they want. Am I, do I sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist? Probably. No, no you, just, you just got much bigger than my podcast. And, you know, I wanted to talk about my podcast, and <laughs> how it affected me. No, I'm strange familiar. No, it's it's all valid, valid points. I mean, you know, it's it, I hate to think that it goes that big. You know what I mean? But maybe it does. And that's, you know, that's weird and scary. Tim, did you ever read the book 1984? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Long time ago. But yeah. When you I mean, you understand the premise of that book, uh when you think about the premise of that book and what's going on today and, and changing the way people speak and, and redefining things, and I'm not going to you know go off on tangents here, but it seems like in 1984, the government wanted you to think a certain way. They wanted you to believe certain things, and they went to these great lengths to make it happen. And you see it unfold in the book where uh, people actually get to, it gets down to the point where two plus two equals five. That's not true, but everybody in the book that was part of the system and going along with the system, they believed that two plus two equals five. And it was just like, in the book, he wrote it as like the orders came in and then there are certain people that relayed the the information to other people. And in one moment, everybody starts believing that two plus two equals five. And it's the process of of manipulation that he starts talking about. And I I really feel like that's what we're we're dealing with right now in this country and in this world where they, they are filtering social media to the point where the only thing you can look at is what they want you to look at. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that, you know, through these different platforms, iTunes, uh, they're, they're excluding content. They're, they're pushing stuff aside. They're put, making sure that certain things are on top of other things so that, you know, your stuff gets put down and nobody sees it because they don't want people seeing it. Like, it, it's just true. I mean, with my show, I touch on touchy subjects sometimes. I had that 9-11 show with Susan Lindauer last year that's a touchy subject. It's a real touchy subject when somebody comes on the show and says, we knew that 9-11 was going to happen and we talked about it all the time. When somebody says that, that's a problem. And so I, I just, when I, when I started thinking about this stuff more and more, I started thinking, man, like I, I, I really felt guilty about not speaking out when it happened with Alex Jones back whenever it happened, because now here I am just a few months later and I feel like it is affecting me. And, you know, all I can do now, I guess, is talk about it now. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, it's... it's well, you know, there's a little bit... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, there's a lot more we can do about it. I just don't know if... Um, I don't know if everybody in the paranormal community is ready to take on that task and fight that battle. But the combined audiences that everybody has, if you were to pick a congressman or a senator... And everyone did a show and I just, it has to be everyone across the board because they can't be able to pick off one or two people. It would either be everyone. And you just told your audience, call the Senator and say, you know, we don't appreciate all this Congressman and say, look, we don't appreciate the social media censoring. Um, it would change and it would be pressure that you put on them to change that. The problem that I've discovered and the reason why I never proposed it and I wouldn't even do it is because there's always going to be a certain group of people who want to stay out of the fight. And then there's going to be those people who fall on the sword to protect them and they end up getting protected, but you died in the process. Um, unfortunately that's how it goes, but combined our paranormal 
you know, Bigfoot UFO community has enough listeners to put so much pressure on congressmen and state and senators that you could affect a lot of change because you got to understand your audience should span across all of the states. So phone calls from, you know, like let's say it's Texas and it's a Texas congressman and everybody says, all my listeners in Texas, call this, this congressman and tell them how we feel about social media censorship. And it's across all spectrums of the paranormal world. But that guy's going to get millions of phone calls, millions of phone calls. And guess what? He's going to say, holy crap, look at all this pressure that's being put on me about this. I'm going to have to do something. And it's all in this, you know, it's all coming from somewhere where votes come. Oh, they're going to start changing. and They're going to start doing something. The issue is people, you know, we haven't moved to that part or that um, to that level yet because there has to be activism. Um, once you get to the point to where you start activating the audience, now you start defending ground, defending your niche. And now you can kind of fight off those bat, those uh, those wolves at the front gate. But until we get to that point, you're going to see this steady just chopping away at things and chop, 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 chop until it's all gone. Um, is that something possible? Yes. Um, how many people to get on board? Not a lot, I doubt, because most people don't even believe in the censorship. You got to get past the point where people believe it's a private company and they can do whatever they want to do. And you have to almost let it get to the point to where enough people in the paranormal community get affected and they start losing money and losing views and losing listeners to where now it's everybody's problem. Then you can rally the troops and actually do some damage. But we probably got 12 to 18 months before we get to that point. And again, it might be too late, you know? Yeah. I, I wonder sometimes, like, if the people that listen to our shows, uh, do they believe that there's censorship issues going on or not? I, I don't know, because, you know, most people that listen to our shows, they're not creating content. They're not directly involved in the process like, like we are. And so they're receiving the content and they're enjoying it. And so I'm not sure if they, if they maybe even really, I guess, see what we're talking about, but... I'm not crazy, all right. I swear I'm not crazy. Uh, the 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 media is a propaganda arm of the government. Uh, the NDA that was passed back in 2012 uh, says that you can go back and read that. And just last year, the U.S. Uh, Department of Defense on Twitter. Now this is where it's at now. Like they're openly admitting things. They're like bragging about. It. They're putting it right in front of our face and they're bragging about it. Now. I I I'm, I tend to be down on Hollywood, okay? Like I don't know if I've ever said that on the show before, but uh, I, I think there's there's fishy things that are going on with Hollywood, and I believe that Hollywood is another extension of our government for the propagandization. And this tw- this tweet from our U.S. Department of Defense, I think, puts it all in perspective. They said it's Oscars '90s Sunday, and did you know that the DO- hashtag DoD works with Hollywood to ensure the military is correctly portrayed in films? Find out how this partnership works and they give a link. Like they're directly saying that we are directly involved in the production of these movies to make sure that whatever image is portrayed of us and the government is what we want it to be portrayed at. So can you like, I know people don't go to the movies for news, but you have to understand that the other side of that is whatever you are seeing is only what has been approved by your, your own government. That's a, that to me, that's a scary thing. Well, but that's how it's always been. Well, it's still scary. <laughs> Did you guys ever see the news uh, where they show all the news stations around the United States and they're all reading the same script? I think oh, this yeah. has been going mm-hmm. on for a long time. And with the censorship, 
uh, our day's coming. I mean, we're going to have to go away sooner or later because uh, when they show Bigfoot on TV, it's always a newscaster laughing and mm-hmm. uh, oh, ho, 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 ho. Then they come over and listen to my show and I'm not laughing and I'm going through encounters. It's a huge pain in the ass for them. Just like DW show, Tim show, your show, Tony. Uh, it shows a different side of the the media won't show you. And I, I think it's a huge pain in the ass for him. I think censorship is coming, whether you like it or not. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where our shows present, um, they present a dilemma because people can go to our shows and hear p- people's firsthand accounts of what they experience. So let's just talk, let's just keep it on Bigfoot here. Uh, now they can go to Sasquatch Chronicles, Strange Familiars, Dark Waters, the confessionals and hear these firsthand accounts of people seeing these things that aren't supposed to exist. And then it gets layered when you start doing things like Wesley, what you did back in the day with the, uh, the insider shows where you have official people coming on to talk about this stuff that sh- probably shouldn't be talking about it. And then you have other encounters where like, I think it was on t- uh, today's show that you released Wes. Uh, what was, what was your guest names? Uh, the first guy, Wes. Kevin? Kevin. That's what I was thinking, Steve, uh, where Kevin was talking about these experiences that he had that were paranormal and, and Bigfoot and stuff. But like he had witnesses, he had family. And then you hear Kevin's voice and how he's saying how on the show, he said uh, that he actually went back to his family members that witnessed it with him and asked them if he's remembering correctly. And is he crazy before he goes on a show and shares it with the whole world? Like you have somebody here who was concerned about not being accurate. He goes back to his family who experienced something crazy with him. And they're like, no, you're absolutely right. That did happen. Like that's a problem because here it's a firsthand account. And so I think what we're doing is presenting a unique problem that they didn't have to deal with before where they have in one spot, mass amounts of witness encounters of these types of phenomenon that uh, people are starting to wake up to. And it, it just, it disillusions everybody as to what they've wanted everybody to believe for so long. And when they shut me down, I'm going to go install 5G. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what were you going to say? Oh, I'm, I, I got lost there, but uh, no, I, I think I think you're exactly right with that. I, I also think because we're not sitting there and going, oh, they're crazy and making fun of it, that's another thing too, because I mean, I know you guys have experienced this where people have, have contacted you, either guests or, or just listeners, and just been like, thank you. You know, thank you for doing this because you're not being, you know, you're not treating it as a joke. You know, you're just, you're just listening to people yeah. and letting them tell their stories. And uh you know, I I think that's part of it too. We're not sitting there and goofing on it and making it a joke and you know, haha, isn't this funny? Aren't people crazy? You know, and and it it is. It becomes kind of a problem because we're. I don't know. I don't know if it's because we're pointing out that it's not everything's not a you know a Newtonian materialist. You know, everything is exactly what it seems, and there are things that that happen that that are very very strange. Or uh, if there's something something else there, but I do believe it's it, it is a problem for um, for a lot of people. Well, the truth of the matter is that we're watchmen at the gates, and you can't with some of the things that's coming down the pipeline. The watchmen have to be taken out. The watchmen can't have a voice. You know, there's been an uptick in demonic activity. Has been, I mean, it's literally been documented by the Vatican where they started running out of exorcists, right? And they had to start bringing in independent people to do exorcisms. Who's going to talk about that? That's not going to be talked about on the mainstream media, right? The watchmen are going to talk about it. People like us, 
people are going to be screaming, saying, hey, look over here, read this article. Uh, the Vatican is talking about, you know, there's a huge rise in demonic activity. Uh, there are, uh, you know, where there's talking about the grand solar minimum, where, you know, we move from climate change into, what was it, global warming to climate change. And, and it made it seem like man has been controlling the environment when we all know that there's the water cycle, you know, and that everything on our planet is controlled by the sun. Well, you can get away with that narrative if there's no watchman, if there's no one standing guard saying, hey, that's BS. Don't listen to that. Think about and use common sense. So what it is, is they have to take out the watchmen. You have to silence those people in order for you to move forward with whatever agenda it is. You know, whether it's Agenda 21 to move people into the cities and um, and put 5G up and monitor everybody where they're going like they're doing in Hong Kong, China, and then give them all cancer, or whether it's um, just to freaking put the mark of the beast on everybody and kill them. I don't know. Whatever their agenda is, you can't have independent voices speaking out that's going to have a counter narrative. And that's what it boils down to. And unfortunately, what the really, really unfortunate thing is we're caught in a scenario now where people are trapped in a left, right paradigm where it's like, Oh, this guy's on the other side of the fence with me and I hate their content. And so screw them. If they get censored, I'm cool with it. But it's, and I remember going back about two and a half years ago, I spazzed out on a bunch of hard narrators when they did the first ad apocalypse because they were saying when YouTube changed the algorithm, which algorithm, ladies and gentlemen listening, only means that some human a-hole designed a program that, you know, added inputs into a program that kind of weeds out things. It's not like some magical freaking thing. It's a program that's programmed by a person. It's not like it's programming itself, but they changed their algorithm and they said, if you didn't have 5,000 subscribers or more, you couldn't be monetized anymore. And back then there were people celebrating saying, oh yeah, there's going to be less competition in the marketplace. And I was the only one sitting there saying, Hey, you know what? You guys are jerks. And I didn't use those exact words. I said, because if they came for those small guys, who do you think they're going to come for next? You dummy, you should be standing up for those guys. And we're getting to that point now. I mean, we're really at that point now where, it's it's going to go in that direction. And they have no choice but to take out the Watchmen because I can tell you now, if there's strange cryptids roaming the planet to where they're coming out of the woods and um, demonic possessions on the rise to where it's, it's apparent and evident on a daily basis, I'm talking about it. And I know you guys are going to talk about it. So they got to push that down so the audiences can't get a hold to it. Because if not, people are going to wake up. And that's what we're going through. If you look around the world, we, we're, it's kind of turmoil everywhere. But also there's a mass awakening happening around the world as well. So it's kind of like the best of times and the worst of times. And I know that the forces that be are aware of the fact that there's a mass awakening going. And this is their way of suppressing it. Unfortunately, they're not going to be able to suppress it. I mean, fortunately, they're not going to be able to suppress it. Because at the end of the day, once people start to wake up and realize what's going on, they're going to seek out the people who have the knowledge. They're going to go to the sources and you, your algorithm can't stop a person from going to a website unless you're going to ban the website. Like you have to ban URL addresses in order to stop people from getting the information. And once you get to that point, then, I mean, you done shut off half the internet. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, to the audience that's listening right now, listening to this ranting about stuff, uh, if one day the confessionals is no longer findable on these podcatchers go to the confessionals because i'll be uploading there uh 
if unless they, you know, like Dark Waters just said, they banned that. And I, I think you all, all you guys have your own websites too. Tim, do you have your own website? Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I mean, there's always that option, but hopefully it doesn't get there. But you know, it's just one of those things where you know the media is not covering it because the supernatural, paranormal, cryptid, all that stuff—it's not supposed to be real. It's not supposed to be real, and it is. People are experiencing it every day, and the and the internet and all the stuff that we do now has presented a new dilemma for them because it's like, how do we control this? We've been controlling it for God knows how long, and now we can't control it. So how do we control it? Bilderbergers, weaponize social media, take down YouTube channels, take down Twitter accounts, algorithms that push shows down in iTunes. That's how we're going to weaponize social media and the internet. Well, I think you you hit on something there. It's you know, it may come to the point. It's it's hard to activate your audience. They're just you know they want to turn in tune in and hear a show. You know, uh, in Wes's case, they want they want to hear Bigfoot encounters. You know, in in our case, they want to hear you know whatever we're talking about for the week, and uh, they probably don't want to be activists. You know, but the day will come, or or if the day comes where they do turn on their podcatcher and we're not there, then they might fire off an email. You know, what I mean that that might be what it takes to finally you know activate the audience, um, and that's not to insult the audience. I don't blame them. Like that's I don't listen yeah. to podcasts to, to become an activist. I listen to podcasts because I love podcasts. You know, um, so I'm not I'm not pointing a finger at the audience there. Please don't no one take it that way. I completely understand, but I think you know that might be what it comes down to. You know, when 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 they can't get it, then they'll start you know asking questions. Um, you know, because it doesn't matter to to our listeners. It doesn't matter whether we're number ten or number two hundred. But they don't care. They're just listening to the show. You know, that's for us. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's nice for us to see that that we're doing well. But I don't think you know if once once we already have our listeners, our you know the, the core listeners, they don't care what what number we come in at. They're going to listen every weekend. Yeah, you're absolutely right because they're already here. They're they're happy. They're enjoying the content. So it's it's no worry to them. I absolutely agree with <laughs> you, man. Uh, guys, thanks for coming on and talk about this. Anybody have any parting comments or, or words of wisdom? You guys aren't a lot of fun to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were still here, Grammar. I forgot you're all here. <laughs> well, guys, let's talk about Bigfoot in my back cave. I don't want to be shut down. Well, right on, man. Well, thanks for joining in on the activist movement here then, Wes. <laughs> Uh, no, guys, I do appreciate you coming on, t- on talking and stuff with me. Uh, I thought it would just be fun to sit down and talk about different topics and stuff. And uh, obviously, the censorship topic kind of took over and um, uh, got me a little riled up. So hopefully, everybody's okay with that. But uh, to be honest with you, I uh, DW, I was listening to some of your stuff on your YouTube channel. And I saw that you had posted a video talking about this very stuff on your YouTube channel. And uh, I'd like to just play that going out of the out of here just so that people can hear your official thoughts on the matter uh, because I thought the things that you said on there were very very well done and uh, before we actually get out of here Tim I wanted to ask you a question I want to put you on the spot man are you going to Paracon this year huh Spring City Penhurst I don't know I, I, I was thinking about it I saw you were going there yeah man. You're, you got a table right yeah I got I got a vendor's table there and stuff I'm gonna be at Paracon this is my way of promoting what I'm doing by the way <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have a vendor's table at Paracon, uh, at Penhurst Asylum in Spring City, Pennsylvania, July, uh, 20th and 21st. Uh, it starts at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning and goes through six o'clock Sunday, uh, evening. You have to purchase a day pass for do- both days. But if you'd like to come out to Penhurst,
Pennhurst Asylum and meet me at the vendors table. There's going to be a lot of great speakers like Grant Wilson from Ghost Hunters and a bunch of other people that you would know from TV are going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So if you're interested in coming out, I highly recommend it. Uh, but getting out of here, I just want to let everybody know, uh, Dark Waters, your website is I am Dark Waters, right? I am darkwaters.com. Yes, sir. And then you can go to sasquatchchronicles.com. And Timothy Renner, what's your website? Strangefamiliars.com. Right on. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Talk to you. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Dark Waters. And look, I'm going to shoot from the hip on this message, but I want to make you aware of some things. And to each and every one of you who are going to hear this, I need your help accomplishing a goal. So I'm coming to you right now and I'm asking for your assistance. All right. Listen to me good, though. And I need you to be clear that this is just not about me. This is about everybody who enjoys great content on YouTube that deals with cryptids, the supernatural, the paranormal, uh, horror narration and everything else. This is important to each and every one of you who consume this information. But before I go into it, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about and how you can test out what I'm saying. When I first started on YouTube, when you typed in Bigfoot, Bigfoot stories, or just the word Bigfoot, what came up as the search results were people like the Bigfoot Outlaws or, or Britton Sawin or Alon Strickler or even some of the horror narrators that did kind of Bigfoot stories. Now what you see going on is that uh, mainstream media sources have been pushed up in the rankings as far as it pertains to search results. So if you type in Bigfoot, you'll see something like Animal Planet comes first. Well, when you go and explore Animal Planet, they only got two or three videos on Bigfoot, but there are thousands of videos by horror narrators with Bigfoot stories, um, interviews with people who talk to Bigfoot eyewitnesses, and things of that nature. What's going on right now and what we're experiencing as a whole in this industry, and I'm speaking for the horror narration industry, the paranormal industry on YouTube and the kind of cryptid supernatural industry is, is censorship. And it goes back to one of the meetings that uh, Sundar Pachai had in Congress. I think it was maybe six months ago. I could be wrong on the time frame in which that happened, but he, he was being grilled on conspiracy theories as it pertains to politics. And then coming out of that meeting, his organization, which is Google, which owns YouTube, decided they were going to start cracking down on conspiracies. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that there is nothing more conspiratorial than the things that we talk about in this industry. Dogman, Bigfoot, the rake, aliens, UFOs. You don't get any more conspiratorial than that. And that is what we are starting to experience as creators and narrators. Now I want to get to the point of what I think should be done and where I need your help. And let me say this, irregardless of your political stands, this is something that needs to be done. The president of the United States just put out a survey that allows you to submit your information to talk about how you've been demonetized, blocked, banned or censored through social media. And I think it's very important that everyone in the horror narration community, everyone in the supernatural kind of Bigfoot cryptic community goes over. And if you've been demonetized, or if you had a video taken down or even if you had a channel that they changed the rules and your channel didn't exist because it didn't have the right criteria, I think you need to go ahead and submit your information and be a part of this petition to put some pressure on big tech about their current censorship. Here's why. At the end of the day, creators are what made YouTube 
Now, I know someone's going to sit there and say, well, YouTube is a private company. They can do whatever they want to do. No, YouTube is not a private company. Neither was Facebook. All of them were created by DARPA, which is our federal government, and they had federal funding to get started. Go back and do your research. You'll find out that I know what I'm talking about, and this is true. So here's the problem that we're facing. You guys, myself, and everyone else, people are being screwed over. People are being censored. People are being demonetized and then remonetized. They're reading every word in your video. There are certain words that you cannot say because if you say that word, then your channel is shadow banned. And you see it. I've seen it tremendously. For example, 31,000 subscribers. And when we did the notification test, less than 10% of those people get a notification. It's ridiculous. Um, and I know other people are experiencing it. And I know other people are experiencing it. So I need you guys to get the word out. Now, I don't have the best relationships with people in the hard narration community. And I'm fine with that. I really don't care. But you have relationships with them. So you spread the word to them and tell them, hey, this is what's going on. Go to your favorite cryptid channel, your favorite Bigfoot channel, your favorite Dogman channel, your favorite horror narrator, your favorite UFO video creator, top five creator, and tell them what's going on. Because I guarantee you, the majority of them do not know. But here at the Dark Waters family, we do know. And so it's our job to spread the word and make sure that we can start to facilitate a change or at least do our part in facilitating the change. I believe in the Dark Waters family and I know you guys. At the core, you're a lot like me. At the core, you're warriors. You're willing to fight. You're willing to take a stand. And so I'm asking you to take a stand with me. Head on out. Share the information. Share this video. Post it in places where people are going to have a problem. Post it on Facebook where people are going to be like, oh, Dark Waters is a jackass. Post it everywhere. That's fine. Let them say what they're going to say. But the message is important that it gets out to everybody so they know what to do to try and stop it. Ignore the political arguments. I don't care if you're right wing, left wing. I don't give a shit. At the end of the day, this is about making sure that everyone is not screwed over. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Thank you for swimming in the dark waters. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show. Just take the link and share it in emails with friends. Share it on your Facebook wall. Wherever you have social media, please share the show. That's one of the best things you can do to help support the show. And until next week, friends, take care, stay safe, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. What?